Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the GoFlu Crypto Podcast. Now, as we record this, Keegan and I, this intro specifically, not the episode, Keegan and I are in El Salvador, and we just finished spending a week learning about what people are doing on Bitcoin and learning about other projects, meeting tons of people, and episodes from this particular week will be out shortly. But before we get to that, we bring to you Scott and Mallory. Now, they're the founder founders of um, Shamari and Goodnight Bitcoin. These are two Bitcoin products that they have created out of, well, their own need and necessity, um, but also provide a, a really fun environment to learn about Bitcoin mining specifically and how it works and a great introduction for your kids to Bitcoin. Uh, Goodnight Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a children's book and Shamari is like memory, but it's about Bitcoin mining. So we had a pretty interesting conversation with Scott and Mallory. It was really fun chatting with them and getting to know what um, sprouted the idea of making these products um, come to life. And we are releasing this episode, well, you know, today because uh, it's close to Christmas time. And if you are thinking of buying Christmas presents for your loved ones or even just for yourself, then this would be a great idea. <laughs> so um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was really interesting to get to know their story. And I think that you will find it interesting too. And the show description will contain the links to find Shamri, the memory game to learn about Bitcoin mining and Goodnight Bitcoin for your kids and grandparents too, I guess. So without further ado, let's begin the episode. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Margakshi Palwi, and the guests on the GoFull Crypto podcast are solely their own and are not intended as financial advice. The content discussed is for informational purposes only. Hey guys, welcome to our show. Well, Hi, yeah, thank you so much for having us. So Scott and Mallory, where are you calling in from? We are in, we're in uh, <laughs> San Diego, California, so up in the, mm -hmm. over the West Coast. Wow, we're on diagonally opposite coasts right now. That's Our. Um, and I, San, Diego, San Diego is such a great city. Um, I visited, I think, a couple of years ago in 2017, and it has a very Halifax, Nova Scotian vibe, very windy, very interesting weather changes in the span of a day. It, it can, depending on where it you're can, at. It can, yeah. Yep. Generally, the, every day is pretty sunny, though. We are, we are lucky to live here, for sure. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So you two have created something spectacular <laughs> to uh, educate not only the next billion people, but the not next billion younger generation of people to enter Bitcoin. Tell us how you came up with the idea to create this. And, and what it is, actually. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you keep to, you know, drum up the suspense. Exactly. We'll leave that for the end. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I'll kick it off and then yeah, go for it. So yeah, a little over. Um, I guess our backstories. We got into Bitcoin in you know late 2017, 2018, kind of the end of the last bull run. Fast forward, long story short, kind of kept diving down the rabbit hole and and really recognized, you know, there's so much, especially now, so much content and, and ways for adult learners to get into the space, be it podcasts, books, articles, you name it. Uh, but for that kind of individual who's whether it's a young child or somebody who just really doesn't want to dive into those sorts of things you know like create something that's more fun and engaging that anybody can pick up and play and so 
That's where in um, July of 2020, uh, we launched uh, our first product, which was Shamri. So it's, it's a card game. Um, and it really kind of lets anyone really ages four on up through an adult. We have, we have drinking game rules in case. The, the <laughs> so it's for anybody, uh, but really can come in. You don't have to know a single thing about Bitcoin um, to be able to pick it up and play. And, and we wanted to kind of create that, that fun, engaging way for families to sit around and, and start learning without even know they're learning. And so the way they get, we don't have to go into the details yet, but the game kind of focuses on the concept of Bitcoin mining. Um, yeah. And so long story short, that went that went well over the past year plus. And so our, our second product was a kid's book. Um, so Good Night Bitcoin. Bitcoin, which we launched about a month ago. And so that's the, the short version of our story, which I'm sure we'll dive deeper into unless I miss something. But we have a two-year-old. And so <laughs> that's part of our inspiration. Um, at the beginning, I think... Mallory was probably still pregnant when we started brainstorming Shamri. And so by the time Charlotte arrived, um, the game was out. And now she loves, it's all built around fun little monster characters that she loves. So that, that's part of where it all came from as well. Oh, this is amazing. Um, I am a Suzuki teacher and I used to teach violin for a bit. And uh, in Suzuki, we had something called ECC, which is early childhood, or maybe it's ECE, early childhood education. And that's where when... Um, when women are pregnant, pregnant with their children, they would go to class and there would be the same kind of music that they would, these babies would play once they were born was Ooh. sort of introduced while the child was still in the womb. And I, I feel like a similar education was provided to Charlotte with the brainstorming of Bitcoin and now with Goodnight Bitcoin, you know, when she's just two years old. So that is Excellent. I can't wait to see what Charlotte grows up to do, even if it is not in Bitcoin, but you know, it's a, it's a great, way to introduce something so amazing to a young youngling yeah it's fun that she um my wife and charlotte do a lot of the packing so we do up. we hand pack every single box so if somebody orders from us we're still you know it's just my husband and i that are doing all aspects of of the company um but charlotte and i particularly box all of the packages every night um and she helps do, does the tape, you know, that's kind of her job, putting on the shipping label and putting on the tape. And I also handwrite a thank you for each customer who buys it. We're really appreciative of all of the support that we've received so far. That's amazing. Well, let's get back to the end of 2017, 2018, because uh, like Keegan got into Bitcoin in 2015, but I got into it in early 2018 after the bull run, or after the bubble, I should say, bubble popped. Um, and where was I going with this? Um, yes, actually, I bought Bitcoin off of Keegan and, it, you know, <laughs> he, we were still dating at the time that we're married. So it worked out. Uh, <laughs> so in 2018, 2017, 2018, when you decided to or when you were when you discovered Bitcoin, what was that like? Because it seems like when you discovered it, there was no hemming or hawing. You kind of went straight to work in a span of months and came out with your first product. Take us back to that moment. Yeah, I guess. Um... It was more to begin with, it was catching my eye more. And so mm -hmm. I kind of dragged, for lack of a better word, dragged now <laughs> along. Not kicking and screaming, though, always supportive. And it was really like many other people, you know, you saw all the, the number going up, sucked you in. I remember, I remember the first time I ever heard the word Bitcoin. Um, it was, pro I want to say it was probably like 2013 or so. Um, it was a, there was a news story um, on our local news here in San Diego about the first Bitcoin ATM going in. So that's the first time I remember hearing about it. Obviously, okay. I didn't act on it then. So it wasn't a foreign concept to me. And, and really, it was just kind of seeing the number go up and then, you know, uh, diving into other things besides Bitcoin at the time, which burnt us. And then you you learn and you go from there. And so 
Um, yeah, it was kind of a, my background um, is a mixture of, like I said, I'm at an education technology company. Before that, I was in public accounting um, on the audit side of things. And so a mixture of auditing and, and the kind of verifiability that comes along with, with that aspect of the job mixed with education, it, it made it made a lot, a lot of sense to me. Um, and then Mallory's one, an extremely supportive wife and just started diving in and learning more and more as we went along the way. And then obviously um, it's fun to create things together, especially when they're, they're being created for, for kids and adults, mm-hmm. but especially kids. So that's kind of a version of our, our story from that time. That's amazing to hear. We sort of share some similarities with respect to creating something together because we were still dating when we started our business and we're married for over a year now. But the fact that we can work together and live together 24 seven and have the same interest and work on the same things, it it kind of has worked out, at least for us. Um, yeah, people kind of look at us sideways sometimes. Sometimes, like, How yeah. do you stand spending all your time with your significant other? And we're just like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> why would I marry this person unless I could do that with them? <laughs> yeah. No, especially as we're uh, all sitting in you know, a two bedroom condo. Exactly. Too, so yeah. not like we're, we're pretty limited on space over here. And we have a lot of products just kind of hidden all over. It, it feels like <laughs> underneath our bed, we have extra shipping boxes and a few extra good night Bitcoin books, but we're making it happen. Yep. Amazing. Well, Mallory, when Bitcoin was first introduced to you, um, how like, what was your impression of it? And how did you slowly get interested in it to the point where um, this is, you know, part of your life right now? Yeah. So professionally, um, I have a master's in social work and I've really been dedicating my career to helping people succeed in whatever way they feel is best for them. Um, I work a full-time job helping high school students who have disabilities transition out of high school with all of the full supports that they need um, into the world of work um, and helping them get accommodations and get ready to be successful and whatever success means to them. So I've always had a pretty um, sincere passion in helping people. So when Scott started getting into Bitcoin back in like 2017, we would casually have conversations around it, around dinner. Um, But, you know, I was interested, but not all in, I would say. And I, so my Bitcoin journey probably really begins when we started talking more about Sean Marie or a card game at the time. It didn't have a name, right? A card game that was going to help families learn about Bitcoin. It's going to keep families and friends together around a table, doing something fun, um, you know, off tablets, off their phone, just like organic fun. That's when I really became interested. And then I started searching the market for what else is out there that teaches really simple Bitcoin concepts to kids um, and to family members. And I found that there really isn't anything. Right. So once I could see that we were going to be able to create something that was going to positively impact the lives of kids um, and adults, that's really where my professional interest queued in and my personal interest and it all kind of merged together. And we did it under this Bitcoin cryptocurrency space. That's awesome. How did you decide to make the card game about mining? Um, almost by, I wouldn't say by accident, but it was probably one of the things where as I um, started reading more and more technical type articles, particularly the white paper, uh, but learning more about the mining space, we've never mined. So it's not anything we've, we've done on our own, <laughs> but um, part of at least what I think is one of my skill sets is kind of trying to break 
complex things down into as simple as possible. And yeah. so as I started learning more about it, it one day it just like randomly clicked in my head. Okay, well, there's a nonce and there's a target. There's a computer that's trying to guess the nonce that's going to match the target. It can be as basic as that. And then a light bulb went off and I said, well, that's no different than playing memory. So where you're flipping over cards, remembering where things are. And so that's really kind of how the gameplay is um, for those who haven't seen the video, uh, but it really stems off the game of memory. And so using your mental energy to mine the blockchain of the cards, as opposed to the computer guessing the nonces. So once I had that click in my head and, and kind of played around with it with mm -hmm. Mallory, it was that simple aha, where it's, it's just these two things. It's a nonce and a target match up and you go ignore everything else going on. Um, that's, that's where it went. And one of the cool things was um, when we were at the Bitcoin conference in Miami, which really was a um, overwhelmingly experience in, in a positive way, but having people in the mining space, public companies, people who've mined for years, come up, see how the games played and say, this is the most simple and easy to digest educational way to talk about mining that we've ever seen. And so for those people to tell us that, mm -hmm. um, it crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. And on the on the other side of that, you know, people would come over to the table and we'd show them how to play the whole game, set up, play it, who wins, how you win within, I don't know, under a minute. And people just got it. Oh, so it's incredible to see such a pretty difficult concept be broken down so simply. And for, you know, just every, you know, random people um, to be able to understand it so quickly. I agree. When I was watching the how-to video on on the on the site, um, when it got to the point where the first monster was wrong, but you know you had to remember that that was the monster that was there, and then the second monster flipped open, and then it's like, oh, that's a match. Now a mine is blocked. I was like, oh, this makes complete sense because I was used to that game of memory, and that's been used so many times i think even just me growing up not simply for a game of memory but for when i was learning french for example i remember uh we had to there was a similar game with a similar pattern but it was to like remember things about french and then um like so many creative things have been um have modeled around this game and now you're putting it to use to teach people about mining bitcoin which is one of the hardest concepts for anybody to wrap their head around when they're first starting out learning about bitcoin it's really really awesome yeah it sounds scarier than it needs to be it it's you know it break things down as simple as possible that's where you can do it but you know at the end of the day it's really not that complex um, if, you, if you really take the time to understand what's going on yeah but, I find that it's kind of sometimes complicated or it becomes complex to someone listening to the first time because it, it sounds kind of ridiculous. Like if you're <laughs> if you're listening to it for the first time, that oh, there's hundreds and thousands of computers trying to solve a problem. And if they do, then they get Bitcoin for doing yeah. that. Like yeah. that that's what that is what is keeping the Bitcoin network safe. And, right. Yeah. It's and I think that it kind of gets complicated because it's like, no, it can't be just that like that doesn't make any sense yeah it was funny Matt, uh last weekend mallory was at a bachelor party and she was explaining to one of her girlfriends the difference between i think the well you can say it, the question of uh, the question was what is the difference between mining bitcoin and purchasing bitcoin and it was yeah. just for somebody who you know ha doesn't know very much about bitcoin but is interested yeah uh, so it was, a, it was a good question and i was like oh pretty different let me break it down for you <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so when you did come up with the first prototype of your game, did you introduce it to your friends and family? And like, how, what was that experience like? Oh, our sweet friends and family. <laughs> so there were many versions of the game before what we all know and now sell as Shamari. Um, I mean, in the beginning, we were playing on little index cards, right? Because to do a printing run, yeah, it, it's time consuming. You have to have an artist and all of these same types of things. So um, yeah, our friends and family were great. They were really good sports. I also think they were probably quite happy when we came up with the final product. Yeah. <laughs> That way they didn't have to keep coming along for the test runs. <laughs> It, it really was fun. And it's good to get that type of user feedback. And we're thrilled that we did because the type of feedback now that we get from people who have purchased it is that it works for them and that their kids love the characters and that it sparks conversations among the family even after the game. Um, and we see that ourselves, you know, like we've been going to some Bitcoin meetups and sometimes there's kids there and we'll start a table just showing a bunch of kids how to play and they'll run with it. They'll start playing it by themselves without the adults. Uh, it's a great babysitting method for the parents at the meetups, I suppose. Um, but we also, you know, we hear on Twitter and we get emails from, from customers or we meet them at meetups and it works and kids love it. So it's good fun for everyone. Um, even, you know, even my own mom, she, she plays and she's still asking questions, which is exactly what we want to happen. Yeah. Kids and adults, one of the more recent stories we heard was actually a family playing. Um, I think it was two kids, the mom and dad and grandma and grandpa uh, had been all playing. And then a few weeks after playing, um, the grandpa actually went out and started mining Bitcoin himself because of the game. Unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> so while we focus a lot on the kids, but like we said, it's kids and adults. So people out there, no matter the age are, are picking up and, and running with it. But that was one of the more crazy stories that, <laughs> that we've heard recently. Absolutely. That's a, a pretty great result of uh, playing a game, a card game. Yeah, exactly. Except especially for a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did you come up with the name Shamari? So it's the mixture of so SHA-256 SHA being the, um, the algorithm that's used as part of the mining process. So that's the SHA. And then MORI is just the end of memory. So mixed them, matched them in together there um, and, and created our own word. I was wondering where the Mori comes from. And yes, Shamari, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. That's pretty smart. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to ask um, about financial literacy because the past couple of interviews that we've done and something that we ourselves are focusing on is understanding where everybody's journey began on learning about money and learning about debt and kind of managing that with their with their lives so what was your guys's experience you know after you were introduced to bitcoin did that send you down this rabbit hole of not only learning about bitcoin but sort of taking stock of your own literacy literacy when it comes to finance mm -hmm. yeah go for it yeah um yeah i think it we've always even before bitcoin um been good planners, savers, budgeters. So um, it was an area that it really just helped ramp up, I guess, um, on that aspect of things and recognizing that, you know, the practices that we'd already put in place, you know, for the, I guess we've been together for what, five, six years before um, Bitcoin came into our life that we'd put in place then were the right foundation. Um, but being able to now leverage that as 
you know, Bitcoin being not only that that savings vehicle, but that you know investment vehicle, the the you know breaking it out, you know, one of our goals, you know, to to buy a house or those sorts of things where you know it's going to have to be used one day. We all want to hold on to it forever, but there's certain milestones that we know that we have to you know save for, be it for us or for Charlotte. And so being able to kind of bring that into scope and help teach someone her as she grows up, you know, the value of it. Um, even how much, you know, 10, 20 years from now, a little bit can really set her up for life potentially um, and having her understand the power of what that is as opposed to, um, you know, just having it given to her uh, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. So that's probably, it'll probably be honestly one of the more difficult things that we end up having to potentially do um, is kind of making that transition over to, to letting her understand just potentially how powerful um, it can be. Right. But I think as part of that financial literacy, you know, we talked about when we first heard the word Bitcoin and it wasn't until, you know, a few years back, but one of the really unique and I think exciting things about Bitcoin in this next generation is that there's potential that they grow up with it and it's terminology and they're that comfortable with it as the, you know, the, as fiat, right? Because they get to hear both. And in their generation, it could be, depending on their household and who's teaching them financial literacy, it could be an even thing. I think for us, it will be. Um, You know, in the same way we're going to teach Charlotte about money um, here, the U.S. dollar, we're also teaching her about Bitcoin. We've had conversations about when she's a little bit older. Right now, she's only two, so she doesn't do chores. Um, But she packs boxes. But she packs boxes. We probably could compensate for her that for... But when she's older, when she's ready to start doing chores and receiving payment for it, we are going to pay her in Bitcoin. Um, so I think that's just... You know, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's just a small way that you can start teaching this next generation and make it very natural for them. We have a friend that uh, that just slides uh, Satoshi's over on the Lightning Network. Um, there you go. Might just be like a nickel sometimes or a nickel worth, but the they they have this little wallet on whatever their own device is, whether it be a phone or their tablet. And then they get to see the value rise and fall. And like that triggers more questions. Yep. And ultimately that's the goal at the end of the day is just to get them curious about, well, like why does my US dollar just kind of stay the same, but like this thing goes up and down. And that, that's the, the fundamental knowledge layer that you need to understand all of finance really. Yep, no, definitely. I still remember, I mean, it can be the, the smallest or the biggest things that stick in your head when you're a kid. Like I vividly remember the day being in elementary school where uh, I forget which organization it was um, come, came in and they set up kind of the, a mini town, if you will, where you went down and you played a role, you know, somebody was the banker or somebody's the, who knows what, um, and kind of how do you balance a checkbook, all things that sound completely foreign at this point. <laughs> but in the back of my head, like, I, I remember that vividly. I remember having fun learning about it, mm-hmm. you know, fast forward to now, like that's probably, that's how it's going to happen, but just in a different way. Yeah. Um, or I remember over the summer we were at a park um, down the street here and there was a group of five or six kids, um, probably, I don't know, seven, eight years old. And they're, they're playing some sort of game of capture. Um, and one of the kids got captured and I was overhearing the conversation and the kid who got captured was negotiating his release <laughs> it's um roblox whatever the digital currency in one of the, the video yep. games is and i started laughing because it's when you hear people especially adults say you know 
oh, it's too complicated, kid, you know, digital currency and Bitcoin. The like, kids no, won't they, understand it. Like, Adults can't understand kids it. Kids already understand it. Yeah. They, they, they're doing it every day in their games. And now when you have gaming companies like, you know, Thunder Games or Gox or Zebedee, all these people who are, are integrating Bitcoin into the games, the kids are going to have a lightning wallet before they even know they have a lightning wallet. <laughs> And they're going to be negotiating their surrender using SATs, probably. You know, there probably already kids are out there doing that. <laughs> that, that prompts me to ask a question about the uh, the audience for your book. I know that it's targeted <laughs> at children, but I'm wondering how like many people from the older demographic, and I'll, I'll leave it to you to assign what age older <laughs> means to you. But like to me, I think the book would be useful for explaining these these tough technical concepts that are geared for children, but are realistically like probably very applicable to my grandmother, for example. Yeah. We're still talking about the card game though. Uh, well, yeah. I, I, I just switched <laughs> gears. To talk about the game. Yeah. So I'll, I'll answer that one. Um, the card, I, I love our book so much. <laughs> I'm going to just be very honest, but I will say this book, it is fun for everyone. And it's interesting, right? The good night series of books is for like the toddler age. Our daughter likes them. She has good night soccer, good night moon, good night gorilla. There's a, there's a, a big amount of them. Um, so good night Bitcoin was kind of a natural, a natural idea for us. Um, it, and it's worked well, but it's also then made for parents and grandparents, like you said, right? Because we're the ones reading it. Right. And the one thing I've learned as a parent now reading to my toddler is that Story time, what well, it's so valuable, right? It's just a way for them to learn language. Their brains are like sponges. So anything you can teach them that they can later then apply is fantastic. But also like story time is a little bit more enjoyable if you're reading things that you, the adult, enjoy reading. <laughs> so if I can start teaching, you know, a storyline about Bitcoin to my daughter in this fun, creative way, I love it. But recently, uh, Scott and I were out to dinner and my mom was babysitting and doing the nighttime story time routine with our daughter. And our daughter had picked out Goodnight Bitcoin, among many other books that she has, but she likes to read this one. So my mom was reading it to her. And one of the lines is, there once was a friendly monster named Satoshi with a fun idea. And it goes to talk about how Satoshi creates a money called Bitcoin. And it even brings out some dates. So one of the lines is, and in January, 2009, the first Bitcoin stacks were stacking. And my mom, oh yeah, first Bitcoin blocks were stacking. And my mom remembered this. So after my daughter went to bed, Scott and I came home, she brought it up. She said like, well, who is Satoshi? Is that a, is that a person or is that just someone, is that a character that you guys made up in your book? And then she also said, well, the book said 2009. So when did Bitcoin really come? So it was a great conversation starter. And my mom, you know, learned just as much as maybe my daughter <laughs> from yeah. reading at one time. So there's all sorts of really key terminology in here that it's good for introducing the really basic concepts. Oh, that's incredible. I saw the video of um, the kids that you got together to do a read of Goodnight Bitcoin. Um, great idea, by the way. I love that that's the pinned tweet for the Shamri Twitter account. Uh, that definitely hooked me and I kind of wanted to hear them read it out to me. Um, and also the fact that it was a diverse, there was a diverse range of ages of people that um, asked the books, or sorry, read out the book. I'm wondering, you know, with respect to the kind of questions that you got asked by your grandmother, um, the fact that this book is being distributed and read by so many different 
so many different age groups of people, do you, you know, similarly get a different range of questions about the book or about Bitcoin because of it? Good question. Um, I think for the book, like, well, it's still fairly early. So it's only been a little over, I guess, a month and a half or so. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going on two months since we released it. So a little too early to tell completely, but it does seem most of the book purchases are are heavily swayed toward, you know, parent Bitcoiners. So it's really a niche within a niche. Um, So the questions, I don't even know how many questions we've gotten, like detailed questions about the book outside of, you know, who's it for? How do I get it? Type thing. We get more questions about the game because it's more about, okay, how is it played? Like that sort of thing. Whereas a a book almost speaks for itself. It'll be interesting. So next week we'll be at the, I guess next week for as far as where we're recording it. I mean, the first week in November, we'll be at the tab conference in Atlanta. Um, and so we'll have a small table there selling the book and, and the game. And so we're, one of the things we're interested in is how much potentially faster people want to grab the book versus the game, because the game needs to be explained, mm-hmm. whereas the book is a book. Um, it's one of the, the things that we learned in Miami where, you know, like you said, it takes, say, three or four minutes each time somebody's interested in the game to, to talk to them about it. Um, oh. so. I think next week to your question will potentially be a good, good, good test and see where that goes. Right yeah. on. Will you be, will you be translating the book into other languages? Good question. We've had the, we've had people ask that about the book and the game. Um, so the nice thing about the game is it's, it's pretty much all visual based with the monsters and everything. So the only thing for the game that really needs to be translated is the how to play video where there are some people um, who are interested in all we need is the voiceover of the script. Um, And we can have um, Richard James, for those who know um, his hard money film, he's the one who created the the video with us, but he can swap that sort of stuff out. So if there are people out there listening who are interested in that sort of stuff for the how to play game video, feel free to reach out for the book. um, I think probably one day we'll go that run. It is difficult just because the print run has to be so much. um, And so, being able to manage inventory and different, mm-hmm. like, we got to get a lot bigger uh, before we can, before we can do that sort of thing. But that's where we want to go. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, is your audience mainly or predominantly, has it been people that already know about Bitcoin? For the most part, just because like you said, we haven't spent any money on advertising. Um, yeah. So it's pretty much been all through Bitcoin Twitter. Um, and yeah. It's working. Through- <laughs> <laughs> That, that's the niche that we're in. I think it'll probably keep spreading um, more and more as as everything grows. But yeah, that that's primarily the audience thus far. Right on. Have you reached out to, uh, oh gosh, we don't have children yet. So I wonder what these things are called. The place where kids are kept when parents Kindergarten. go. <laughs> no, but childcare? Daycare. Like, daycare. Daycare. That's the word for it. Um, like, <laughs> will the you... place where children are kept. <laughs> Um, will you be uh, approaching daycare facilities in your area to you know perhaps show them the impact that this book will have on these young younger young children young these children as they grow up like what's your plan for sort of introducing this to people who don't know about bitcoin yet yeah you know we haven't thought about the daycare um, option yet. That was a really good idea. Thank you for sharing that. I know this weekend we've been inspired, um, to, well, first of all, back up. 
what one of the things that we've been hearing that has been inspiring um, through Bitcoin Twitter is people sharing the Goodnight Bitcoin book in their local uh, neighborhood uh, lending, library, lending, a lending library. Lending Are you guys familiar with those? Yeah, we have them here in Halifax. Yeah, yeah. Like little boxes that like, are set up on along the street. You can oh, yeah. open yeah, them up, yeah. shove a book in, take one out. And... Yeah, yeah. Very amazing concept. Right. Um, easy access for anybody in the community. And a few different people have been ordering the books um, in surplus. So some for their families, friends, and a couple extra. And they've been putting them in lending libraries um, across just America right now. Is where as far we, as I know, but who knows? yeah, it could be in other areas as well. So we we've be been inspired to do that. Um, so this weekend, actually, it's interesting that you asked this question. Um, we have mapped out about 10 or so lending libraries in the San Diego County, and we're going to be taking our daughter with us and, and putting some in there um, just to kind of share the word in that way and support those, you know, small pop-ups. Yep. And with respect to shipping, are you shipping mostly in the U.S. right now or is it worldwide? So it's worldwide. Um, I'd probably say uh, U.S. is probably the majority. Probably it's probably seventy percent U.S., thirty uh, percent international. Obviously, the international shipping is more costly given everything yeah. that's going on. There are a handful of people that are interested in potentially being distributors outside of the U.S. and that could you know down the line help us out there. But, but yeah, it's worldwide shipping, and that's actually been one of the more fun parts is just thinking of all the places, the game, and the book. You know, Ghana, Nigeria, Australia, mm -hmm. Germany, France, like literally, I think Egypt all over was one of the more recent ones, like anywhere you can think of, um, it's gone. So it's just weird to think that something we created on the kitchen table <laughs> sitting in somebody's house in, in Ghana. Um, yeah. it, it, it's really mind blowing. The other thing related to your education question is, um, the game itself is STEM authenticated. So for those that don't know what that is, it's science, technology, engineering, and math. It's a common acronym in the, the, tip, the traditional education space. Um, so that authentication is something that hopefully can help get the game and, and down the line, the book as well, into the more traditional school environments as they become more open to, to learning about this sort of thing. So that was a um, that happened a month or two after we released the game, being able to get that authentication. And so there's something we were really proud of, um, kind of lends a seal of credibility. And um, we know not, not only from kind of myself being in the space as well, but we have teachers in the family getting, especially in the US, getting into the, the um, education market is difficult, it's painstaking. Um, it's not gonna be an easy task. So hopefully that happens organically over time. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll be here when they're ready. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, you know, you saying, uh, the thing about steam being steam authenticated, is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, STEM. STEM. Yeah, STEM. Yeah. STEM. STEM. yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that here in Nova Scotia, at least, um, they added an A in there and I'm not really sure yeah. what it stands for, but arts, arts, arts. Okay, there you go. So steam and yeah, it goes back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there is, you know, within universities, there are these small, organizations that are formed to um encourage more more steam participate stem participation and if at some point in your timeline i'm sure you have a lot planned right now for whatever's going to happen next but it, it would be a really great idea to get in touch with these in individual or independent organizations that promote stem um and the card game especially would be super super beneficial and useful because when I was at Acadia is the university that we went to, I hosted a couple of like web development workshops as part of 
as part of STEM. And uh, we had WISE over here, women in computer science, women in science and engineering was, was wise. And, um, they had, you know, children come in from the high school and grade six, sometimes and grade eight, sometimes there were, you know, a variety of grades that came in and we would do computer science related activities with them for an entire day or half a day. And this, the, the game in particular, the card game would be an incredible addition to days like this. Um, so just putting an idea out there whenever you get time to consider it. No, if there's people in the back yeah, of your if there's head, somebody listening or somebody or that, that you're you know, thinking of, we're happy to connect with them. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's people out there, um, like, uh, Isaiah Jackson, uh, so yeah. Bitcoin today. So he runs, uh, kids camps, um, teaching them around about Bitcoin. And so over the summer, he had his first ones in, uh, North Carolina. And so he used Shamri as part of it. So he's looking to expand that, um, into the camps he's going to run throughout um, uh, the United States. So we're excited to work with him on that. Another individual, Dusan, mm-hmm. out of um, Slovakia. Uh, so he has wow. a mission to educate 100 million people in Bitcoin by 2030. Um, right and on. He's starting by working with a little over 100 schools in Slovakia, um, integrating it into their financial education stuff. So uh, the the card game is part of the curriculum that he's building out. So to your point, um, whether it's you guys or other people listening, if, if there's people in that space or know people in that space, we're ready. <laughs> yeah, please. Let's all, yeah. let's all work together. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So like, do you have, um, you know, a sort of ask that you would like to put out to our audience? Cause we, we do have a majority of our audience is from Canada and the United States. And then we have pockets of people from all around the world. So this is your stage. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess the first couple of things, one, where our DMs or emails are always open. So if you have questions, comments, that'd be one ask. Just don't hesitate to ever reach out to us. We'll, we'll always engage. Um, two, if you have friends, family that you're trying to, to teach or get into Bitcoin and you keep hitting your head against the wall, the game or the book can be a low stakes, fun way to, they don't even have to know. You could break out Shamari and start playing it. They don't, you don't have to tell them it's about Bitcoin. Maybe that's how you, you start getting them uh, to kind of just become comfortable with things. And so products are there. And then I guess the two things on your, your topic are one, like we were just talking about, if you're in the education space and you're interested um, in integrating it, um, that's something we're more than happy to reach with you on. The other flip side is if there's people around the world who are interested in, you know, uh, becoming a wholesaler or distributing it themselves, uh, we're happy to have those discussions or companies in the Bitcoin space. So that was another great thing that came out of Miami was the companies out there that were so positive about what we were creating and wanting to use it as part of their either internal education um, for their employees or as part of their swag. So instead of, you know, next time they're going to a conference, instead of getting a, a pen or a, um, or a fanny pack or a, a t-shirt, but actually taking the game or the book um, and branding it with their logo to hand out at their booth. So if you're a, if you're a Bitcoin company out there um, interested in any of those, um, that's another way that we could be synergistic and, and work together. Yeah. Do you, well, do you co-brand for the yeah, company? So, yeah. So it can go two ways. Um, so for um, orders as low as 50 um, of either the book or the game, we can take their company logo on stickers and put it on the product so they can hand it out that way. If they're interested in a large order, so 500 or more, we can actually do a, a print run where either on the game or the book, it could say, you know, a gift from XYZ and have their logo on there. So that every time that game is being played, that that branding is there. And so those sorts of things um, we can make happen. 
That those are both excellent ideas. And and well, where can people reach you? Like, can you spell out your Twitter uh, handle and your email address? Of course. So Shamri is S H A M O R Y. So dot com. So that's the website. So you can find us there. Um, our Shamri Twitter handle is Play Shamri. So P L A Y and then Shamri. Um, I'm Mallory gets to stay away from Bitcoin Twitter, so she she's. Uh, uh, off of that, but for myself, my personal one is Scott M Sibley S I B L E Y. Uh, so there's that's a way you can reach me, and then either Scott at shamri.com or Mallory at shamri.com um, are our emails. Right on, and we will definitely put all of that in the show sure. description. Well, so thank you. <laughs> I'm sure, it'll be easier to find. Um, I do have one last question, and that is, what's next? I know you've just launched your book, and you know, marketing is probably one of the things that you're focusing on. But do you have any plans for what you want to put out in the future from the feedback that you've collected with the current two products that you offer? Yeah, I think. Um, there is an idea for a game um, in the back of our heads um, centered around the Lightning Network. So we'll see where that takes us. Very beginning stages, so no timetable for where that could pop up. But that's one product out there. And then the other thing that we've been working on a lot based on the feedback is um, curriculum built around the game in particular. Mm -hmm. So um, people like Dusan or or, or Isaiah or ourselves, but um, we have scripted, I guess this is another ask, um, we've scripted out five video scripts. They're like 60 to 90 seconds each, um, that go deeper into the details about what you're learning while you're planning. So what is Bitcoin? What is Bitcoin mining? Um, what is an attack? Those sorts of things and short digestible animated. So using the monsters animated videos. So we've paid for the, the first video is done. Um, we paid for it ourselves. We're hoping to find a sponsor of some sort to be able to pay for the other four. Um, it's it's low stakes or anybody that's two thousand dollars for all four to get made. So if there's a company out there or or you know individual a Bitcoin whale out there who wants to just <laughs> support it in that way, if you're interested in in helping us kind of build that curriculum, we um, might know a couple. I have, yeah, I've, I've got <laughs> someone in mind. Okay, okay that awesome. would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Our hope is that the curriculum will be out there and available to anyone yeah, so at at no cost. Yeah. So we want, you know, kids and families and educators and day camps and preschools, whoever's doing it, we want them to be able to access it. No charge at all. Yeah. And that's part of both, what, you know, through the videos, like we just said, they'd be available to anybody. Um, part of what, for example, Dusan is building in, in Slovakia. Once his curriculum is available, I know that that's something else that will be available to anybody and it'll, whether you're going to his website or we'll get it on ours. Um, so I, or we envision ultimately part of the, the Shamari website having kind of just a whole curriculum portal of some sort where parents or teachers or mm -hmm. whoever can come and, and start finding um, all that great content that's out there for them to be able to leverage it in their classroom or at home or wherever it is. So it's a longer term vision. Um, we're not curriculum builders per se ourselves, but just working with others in the space to be able to help build it out. I think it'll it'll happen. Right. Well, you know, I have to ask this one question just from hearing you talk for, you know, the past couple of, I don't know how many minutes have passed, but I love the passion and the genuinity that is coming through with you talking about these products and how they're going to educate people of all ages. What motivates you to keep going on? What gets you out of bed in the morning to, you know, get to work and make sure that this gets into the hands of people? Well, usually what gets us out of bed is a two-year-old walking <laughs> into our room. 
walking into our bedroom and she brings us three stuffed animals every morning, one for yes. her, one for Mallory and one for myself. So that's what gets us out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy seeing the photos and videos that parents or aunts or uncles or a teacher sends us of kids playing the game. I just, you know, it, it like, it, it fuels me obviously, but it like makes my heart really full to see how it's bringing happiness to other people. I also really enjoy talking to people at these conferences and at meetups that we're going to. People who have already played it, but come over to our table just to say thank you and to share a story. I love that. That keeps me going. So if anybody's out there and they just want to share a quick story, a quick picture, please, you know, send it to us, email, Twitter. It it helps us keep going. It helps me keep going. Or even just talking to people like you guys. We would have never met each other if it wasn't for Bitcoin and, and doing stuff like this. And now, you know, if we're ever over where you are, you're where we are. Perfect. You can grab we can play a game of shopper. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the other thing that motivates us, I think, is um, by creating something together that is is ours will hopefully in the long run kind of help us create the family dynamic that we we envision for ourselves. You know, we love we're travelers. Uh, we love Mallory and I love scuba diving. So that's usually how you can find us if we're moving around the world. Um, and so being able to have create something that can give us the freedom. Um, to be able to to create that lifestyle um, from a personal side of things. That's that's what motivates us as well. Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for putting in the work, putting in the effort and consistently doing both of those things to bring out two amazing products to the world and educating people all over the world about Bitcoin in the way that you have devised. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And everybody listening, go check out Scott and Mallory, go check out their book, buy their game. And (laughs) if you have kids, I highly recommend looking at the the video that's pinned on on at Charmory um, uh, to see how incredible it is to see these kids talk about Goodnight Bitcoin and then go buy it for yourself because it's going to be useful for you and your uh, kids, children, kids. (laughs) Wow. I kind of just mashed that up. Um, and yeah, please go follow them and ask them questions because I can say for sure that they respond very, very quickly. They have, you guys have been great at communicating, by the way, to set this time up in this podcast up. So everything is in the positive. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for hosting us. Yes, it's been a blast. yes, for sure. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. <laughs>